Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mangum Talks. This is the Fast Feud Furious review series. That's right. Fast Feud Furious review series, where we are going to review one film from the Fast and Furious franchise and also eat fast food while doing so. Wonderful concept. This is our first go at this. We are, re- we are reviewing the 2001 edition, the original, the OG, the Fast and Furious movie while eating the OG fast food restaurant, McDonald's. I'm your host, Lee. I'm here. I'm joined by my co-host, BJ. BJ, how are you? Um, I'm here. Uh, um, I'm doing it. BJ's here. We're doing, doing it. Spencer, how are you? More than a little bit apprehensive, but present. And Levi, you got your McDonald's? Absolutely. I'm excited. Unlike Spencer, who's apprehensive. This is, seems exciting. I, I, haven't even, I haven't even had half of this menu before at any point in my life. I don't know what I'm getting into. Spencer, you can't be a fish out of water when it comes to McDonald's. I'm just going to be honest here. Like you're, He's you're a filet like, fish. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Everybody's had McDonald's. I'd say that it doesn't. The, this this concept though is pretty funny because like nobody has to ask me, have you had this type of fast food? Have you had this menu item before? And nobody has to ask Levi, have you seen this Fast and Furious movie? Because he has <laughs> seen it. And I have eaten it. That is that, that's you are the, a sure. Everybody's seen the movie though, right? Uh, BJ Spencer, you, yes. you guys watched the the Fast for, and the Furious for the for the second time in my life. Yes, I've watched the first Fast and Furious movie. Did anybody figure out a way to wa- a place to stream it? Because I, I I had to buy it I, or not Peacock. buy it. I had to rent it. Peacock. Peacock's the one freeway. Otherwise, Amazon. It was on the cock. Okay. All right. Well, I I clearly have Peacock because that has WWE. I just didn't notice that it was on there. So I gave three ninety nine to the wonderful people who made this movie back in two thousand one. Uh, okay. So let's get. Um, I think we should start with the food first, and then we'll we'll start talking about the movie. So we have a bit of a controversy here with the food. I sent out a food order. My food order, I think, was a pretty good representation of the McDonald's. It was. Menu. It was. It's a Big Mac meal with a Coke, a filet of fish sandwich, which I have my reasons for the filet of fish. I'll talk about later. A plain From cheeseburger, supporter. which is almost like the vanilla ice cream of fast food. You get the plain cheeseburger so that you can do the comparison back and forth, and then also a four-piece nugget so we can compare the chicken nuggets. I think that Levi and Spencer both got these menu items. I have them. They followed. BJ just went all off on his own and got a happy meal. Is that all you got? What did you get? I got a grimace. A grimace birthday meal. Okay. Did you get a toy? Please tell me you got a toy. Nope. I didn't get a toy. It's not a happy meal. It's just just a thing. When you got that, did you get a a regular hamburger or cheeseburger with that? I got 10 piece chicken nuggets. Okay. So you don't even have a cheeseburger. Okay. So I'm going to have to be talking to Levi and Spencer here. What do we want to try first, guys? I do have some uh, something to disclose you, Terry. What's that? No, we're excoriating BJ for his his ridiculous order. Um, I didn't get the Coke. I did, in fact, get Sprite because I didn't want to have caffeine this late. Um, so well, I you apologize are. in advance. Levi's Levi's got a precious constitution. That, that that little bit of caffeine would do you in, really? It would do me in. What I've learned is, as I've gotten so old, um, I need to to treasure so sleep. And I need to protect it. Um, and so I want to make sure that it, nothing comes in between me and a good eight and a half hours. Okay. I, well, I do not have that problem with caffeine anymore. Of where I, I happily had two cafe lattes at dinner last night, it was just fine. Yeah. Spencer, so when did you start drinking coffee? coffee? For the longest time, you were like, ah, I don't do coffee. I, st- I have started getting more into coffee as of pretty much the start of this year. Yeah. The, well, the Coke, um, I mean, what, I mean, whatever, if you can't have caffeine late, whatever, but um, the Coke was a, was an idea because um, the McDonald's Coke is specifically fairly famous 
It is. Um, McDonald's has a special contract with the Coca-Cola company to have a slightly different blend in their fountain drinks of Coca-Cola than every other restaurant that sells Coke out of a fountain. And so it's a little teeny bit more. Basically what they've done is they've just, it's just like ultra Coke. They up the amount of syrup that goes into it. And they also up the amount of carbonation. So both things go up uh, as a, like a percentage, right? Like, um, so the percentage of syrup to water is higher and the percentage of carbonation to base water in their carbonated water is higher. And that results in a different tasting Coke. And it's literally the only place that you can get that combination. That's part of the contract with McDonald's is you can't get that combination anywhere. Um, I even one time went on a four of the Coca-Cola facility down in Atlanta and asked them specifically if we could try the McDonald's Coke there. And they said they couldn't even sell it to you or have you try it there. You can only get it at McDonald's store. So that's where the Cokes, it's not like a huge difference, but it does taste slightly different. Coca-Cola does at McDonald's and anywhere else. Well, just so BJ can participate for now, should we start with the nuggets? Uh, I, I put in an order for the other sandwiches, so they are they are on the way. All right, start. that's that's a really good idea. So let's start with the chicken nuggets then, and then BJ yep. can, can uh, have a sandwich and well. and the French fries because I did get French fries and I did okay. try one thing that you didn't have, and the grimace shake is appropriately named because um, <laughs> you had a grimace when you drank. I, it? I did. I took a picture of it. It was. Uh, it was tough. This is insanity. Like this is the definition of like, yeah, this is going to be a yummy meal. Everything, everything at McDonald's doesn't matter what you get. Yeah. Starting. It's kind of like, I always roll my eyes when people are like McDonald's, it's gross. It's like, well, there's like 10,000 McDonald's restaurants in America. There's one on like every corner. Mm-hmm. It didn't get that way. Cause the food sucks. Like it does obviously taste good to the vast majority of people. Otherwise it wouldn't be the largest selling restaurant as far as revenue in the country so i mean clearly mcdonald's does taste good i might not i mean i know for me like i don't always feel great after i eat it that is that's like a that's like an yeah. honest thing but like going down yeah it tastes pretty good for, for me it was one of the things that where I, I, I ate a fair amount of fast food growing up it's just never mcdonald's because my family was convinced that mcdonald's had nothing of the best of any category like you're in the mood for a burger mcdonald's didn't have the best burger mood for fries not the best fries so we'd always just go someplace else when we were in the mood for a certain kind of fast food because McDonald's was always like the average of all the categories. So, so, so that's wrong but, on a couple of levels. It doesn't, yeah. it, the Coke is the best, the fries are the best and the well, fish sandwich is the best. So, so Spencer, where did you go for the best fries? Because uh, I mean, and, and, and then Terry, we're going to go back to you to, to talk about tallow. Uh, but Spencer, where did you go for the best fries? Because I really want to hear what the, what the leech household choice of best fries is uh there was a place near me that was fast place called backyard burgers you guys remember them they used to be a chain back when we were growing up they've since long since gone bankrupt it was either that or i loved the uh like heavily seasoned fries at like bojangles those were my go-to kind of fries i like okay so is is this a chain that was like four restaurants in charlotte i don't know i it it was one (laughs) down the street for me and it was a good burgers and fries that i liked otherwise in terms for fries specifically, it was I very much like the seasoned kind of like Cajun fries at like a Bojangles or a Popeyes. I just found those far superior to the other options. I mean, I always like curly fries going up. So so that curly, was a oh, you, completely off piece. Nice. But Good, like our Arby's curly fries were awesome. I mean, Bojangles fries is a, such varying quality across Bojangles restaurants. It's like almost even hard to talk about them in generalities because like Bojangles yeah. restaurants aren't as standardized as a McDonald's. Like you'll go nah, to some that are good, some that are and there's a lot of like really soggy Bojangles fries. You can buy that seasoning though. 
Yeah. And like probably the best answer is to get that seasoning and dump it on a bunch of McDonald's fries. Cause McDonald's fries, at least the vast majority of the time when you get them are going to be like this particular type of quality, like predictable, yeah. not soggy, crispy, particular size, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So we have to out, out the, out the gate, talk about the tallow controversy. So uh, it used to be that McDonald's fries used beef tallow to fry their French fries. Yep. And it was held in very high regard by many chefs as this is like, this is the best, one of the best fries period, but pretty much the best fast food fries that you can get. And then for very good reasons, they changed to a vegetarian option. So it's no longer in beef tallow. I think not as good. Um, but again, it's my memory of McDonald's fries is is never going to hold up to like the actuality of having having a fry now. Yeah, I don't have anything to add there. The uh, the beef tallow fries were better. The ones that they still have, when they have now, cooked in vegetable oil, still, I think, superior to other fast food fries, but not as good as what they used to have. I think that's fair. Is it true that they named the shapes of McDonald's for the uh, chicken nuggets? What? I've heard before McDonald's that the, 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 there are names for the shapes. It's like five different kinds of shapes of chicken nuggets that you can get. Is that, you guys know if that's true or not? Uh, I know that there are five different uh, shapes. I didn't know there were names to them, though. Um, I got a lot of McDonald's facts I'm going to be dropping throughout this uh, this podcast. Oh. Um, one of them was that there are five different types of uh, fry or five different uh, shapes for the McDonald's. I just didn't know they had names. So how do you feel about the the McNuggets, Spencer? You're you're you seem to be approaching them with a lot of uh, skepticism. No, I uh, have one. McDonald's chicken nuggets are fine. They're solid. They're predictable. This is what you guys summarize McDonald's McDonald's about is that if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're just looking for a place to eat, McDonald's is always a safe bet because you can generally assume what you're going to get. It's not inspiring to me, but it's functional. Same is true for the chicken nuggets. They are stand, standard fare chicken nuggets to get from a fast food place. Spencer, I feel like your approach to many things in life, not inspiring, but functional is something that makes you happy. And it clearly Get, doesn't when you talk through, about this. Gets me through the day. Yeah, I don't know if that's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that. I mean, I think there are a number of things in the McDonald's menu that like are superior to other fast food restaurants. Like, again, I think their fish sandwich is better. That's why I had you guys get that. I think that's the one I got is... no clue. That's the one I got no clue about at all. I have never ordered a fish sandwich at a, re- at a fast food place before. I don't even know what I'm getting into there. I mean, it's just a fish sandwich. Um, <laughs> I, it, <laughs> um, Night, I, I nightmarish the, exercise. I had to work on the cross a river to get to it. Didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that like some people, I've heard some people like, so like I can't, I, I would never order fish at a, fast food restaurant. Cause somehow like, I don't know, maybe like the implication is it would make you sick or something. I mean, it's no different than anything else. It's just a frozen thing that they heat up there. It's totally fine. But the, the filet of fish I think is pretty good. I also think the Big Mac as a fast food item, in my opinion, is a pretty high up there option. Now, if you're not, if you don't like mayonnaise, then the, the Big Mac probably isn't for you. But if you like mayonnaise on a hamburger, then I would say the Big Mac is probably one of the better fast food options of the major fast food chains, right? Like yeah. we're doing this, like this whole series here, right? There's 10 fast and furious movies. Like, I don't know how, I don't, we're going to run out of fast food restaurants. Like we're going to, we're going to, we're going to nah. reach. Some... Oh, no, we won't. No, we won't. Nah. That, that, there is so much fast food or, I mean, right. But my worry is fast that fast food versus fast casual, like it, we, have, we have options. Yeah. But two different places in North Carolina, Massachusetts and Florida. Like I, that's where I'm worried is that it, we may not be able to find one that is like neighborly for all of us. I'm, I'm, there'll be a yeah. few that'll be purely regional. I'm not that yeah, worried. 
it's possible that Bojangles is going to require me to, to pay $3,000 to have it. We're, we're not going to do Bojangles. It's like <laughs> gold belly. Do we're going to gold belly him some damn Popeyes or, or, you know, honestly, I can drive up the, the major street near me and list off the seven or eight chains yeah. that we have. Yeah, in terms of like great North Carolina options that I can't get down here, cookout does not exist uh, this far south in Florida. Yeah. Bojangles, BJ, not present. What's interesting is that BJ routinely will 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 defer to my fast food knowledge, but they are just very quickly dismissed my concern and said, we'll absolutely be able to find 10 fast food. No, I'm telling you, I don't think we will because, um, it, I mean, unless you go to exactly what you said, which is like fast casual, which is the night kind of not the point of this, right? Just do like Applebee's or Cracker Barrel or something. But like, there's not really 10 national fast food chains that are going to be available in all of our different areas. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's like how exactly we're defining fast food because I was going to float uh, for for the next movie, uh, Panda Express. Yeah, and so, does that yeah. count? Did, are we doing Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift to make that work? That yeah, that's that's the next that was, movie. That was racialist of him. Um, I did want to ask ask you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little racialist. Uh, Spencer, are you excited for? Uh, Fast and the Furious 6 with Subway. Are you ready to have a Subway sandwich? I'm amazed I was able to summon Tokyo Drift as knowing that was a Fast and the Furious film. I don't I know like, what your reference is. I feel like Subway counts. Subway has to count. Subway counts. I mean, so I feel like the 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 what differentiates like restaurants as, as really fast food or not is a drive-thru. Subway does near me have a drive-through, so it can count. Same with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's where the like, you know, I don't I don't know what restaurants have drive-throughs, you know, what what counts, but uh I I feel like that that is a very like, is this fast enough where you could order and sit in your car and not go completely insane before your food is ready to be picked up and eaten? It's it's, it's amazing how just inconsistent some places are and whether they have a drive-thru or not like there's a panera bread near me that has a drive-thru i did not know that was a thing so for defining based on drive-thru we get some weird options spencer i want you to get a soup bread bowl from the drive-thru and and just manage that with your life i will do that for one of these episodes if you are in this (laughs) with me bj All right, just, so I've got to eat it in the car as a, like a sad person. <laughs> <laughs> I will film myself eating a bread bowl in a car of soup. I think that like, uh, so I've got, I've got a story about the filet of fish sandwich, but I think I should wait until uh, BJ yeah, gets uh, his. So why don't we talk about the movie a little bit? It, it, it will be a little furious. while, but yes. Let, let, so, so Spencer, mm. I would just want to make sure that you watch the correct movie and not the 1939 the fast and the furious fast and furious because it, it was a movie that was made in the 30s uh that was kind of wild and i did want to watch it if I, if i found it streaming or i could purchase it i would have watched it this out this morning or afternoon and come out with some with uh some things from it but it I was do. not available i do love that you mentioned that bj because I, I just googled whether i could watch this online free somewhere and quickly found that the uh, the version of this I could watch online free was the 1930s version, which I saved Wait, for later. I'm where did you it. find it? I, I, I could not one. find it. I'm I disappointed. Send, I'll, I'll send you a link. I, okay. I, I was like, 
what is this weird black and white version I'm now watching? I'm intrigued, but this is clearly not the right one. This might be reviewed on a, on a Mangum Breeds podcast because uh, Sarah was quite interested when I found out about this movie. But qu- question for the 2001 film we are all going to watch. How many times has everyone did, here seen wait, it before? We, we did watch. Yeah, we did watch. Okay, yes. yes. <laughs> um, Thank you, Semantics. Before this we move is on the from second that, time I've watched it. It is... It is- curious you go to that sort of old, old school mu- movie uh example as opposed to the in uh in franchise curious choice of having the fast and furious be the first one and fast and furious be a separate movie that is much later uh fully confusing yeah yes. confusing. Uh, but i mean honestly the fast and furious the franchise is full of weird ass uh conventions too fast too furious that was a, of a moment um tokyo drift being three and then it moved like it's it's ridiculous yeah they should have uh, just named them one two three four i think I mean, the but, best part is like it doesn't hold any convention. Uh, I don't know if there are any two movies that hold convention or if they're all different. I think they're all different, which is a convention in of, of itself. So back to your original question, um, how many times have I watched this? I mean, I don't know. Order of greater than five, oh. less less than ten times. Yeah. Okay. Pretty, pretty somewhere probably between range. three, maybe three and five. Um, I was I, wa- I watched this one in the theater. I think. But I have, me, I have seen, I've, I've long since, you know, dropped out of the Fast movies. I know they still make them. I know Fast X just came out or something, but Eleven's uh, in production. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't follow them anymore. I mean, if we get them to go long enough, I'm guessing that they'll follow a sine wave and how in their their quality and rating. Um, but you know, we'll we'll have to see how how far out this goes. Uh, I I've either seen it two or three times. I I can't imagine that that I've seen it more times than that like i do remember already having watched it i'm sure i watched it around when it came out and maybe one other time um it was it was kind of a surprise watching it honestly uh i remembered and didn't remember more than more than i expected same here It, it was interesting i really remembered the beginning and i really remembered the end and i didn't remember anything about the middle and now i remember why the middle of this film is kind of dull. It's got a, it's got some nice drag racing and interesting stuff at the beginning. It's got a actually pretty exciting kind of end in terms of just like the stunt work and the car work that's going on. And the middle's pretty relationship focused and got pretty dull on me. How's the tuna here? Uh, yes. Hey, I have a yeah, question for the group. Around there. Can we so, just get this out of the way early on? Okay. I just need to get this out of the way. Yeah. Little hard for me to watch this film with all of the extremely dangerous um you know maneuvers in the car the Mm -hmm. outright reference to someone burning alive in a car in dom's father knowing that 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 is exactly what happened to paul Paul walker Walker. and how he died in 2013 little hard for me uh, it's a you know i actually was sitting back impressed that the franchise was able to survive it because he dies in a car when the driver is driving erratically and crazy and like spinning tires and all that he burns alive in the car and they're able to continue the franchise. People are able to cognitive dissonance, just separate that in their mind and continue watching these people drive like fucking maniacs and occasionally reference in universe, people dying in cars and burning alive in cars. little hard for me. It just Is feels it weird. Around? Yeah. Levi, you'd know this better than the rest of us. Is it around that time that the series became less grounded and became more almost like, you know, superhero? superhero or A-team kind of style? Did they kind of like do a certain escapism to kind of get away from the grounded reality of losing one of the lead actors? In a car. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Um, That's the part that trips me out, is that he died like the characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, ish, I would say. Um, I think it was Fast Five was the one, the last Paul Walker, Paul Walker movie. Um, where they do sort of computer-generated imagery at the end. Um, and by the like way... His brother to cameo for a few scenes or stuff? I'm guessing like 20% of the, the American population that watched that movie cried in the theaters of that. And it, was, it, it was a very heart-touching scene. Where he's Got like, me. Oh my gosh, this guy, this guy's leaving. Uh, um, I, will get, I will get there eventually. But at that point, they had already introduced uh, The Rock's character, um, is my memory. Uh, and that's when things start to morph towards superhero now now they're involved with the federal government now they're doing all these hijinks and 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 yeah they they haven't gone to space yet they haven't haven't gone on a uh, give them time give them time they haven't gone on a an a an arab uh oil money tower yet um so oh yeah i remember it, that one it, it's fun it's fun you mentioned that though because part of my perception of the series was now driven by watching trailers or seeing clips of that or just the straight up a team kind of things that are going on you know more and more impressive kind of things. It made this film feel very grounded by comparison because a lot of the effects are actually just practical. There's some early 2000 CGI that stands out. But a lot of this is just, they put some people in Honda Civics and they did some impressive stunt work around, you know, semis driving down the road. I kind of appreciated that. It had a very much more realistic feel from that. I had that same thought, Spencer, when they were jumping between cars. I was like- Straight up a dude jumping. Yeah, but it but it also seemed like someone scared to jump, like, oh gosh, and then they do a very and it's a very short jump. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, six movies later, that would have been across four lanes. He would have yeah. springboarded over, you know, it would have been very different. But it's one of the things where you can do you can do a lot less, but when it feels more like somebody's actually afraid to do it, it feels bigger than the, just like you know, the, the lack of risks of someone just leaping through a CGI set. Spencer. If it feels bigger to me. I, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to this, but mm. the Matrix and the Fast and the Furious, which Matrix came out came first. Out, Matrix came out first by two years. It, it yes. is wild. Mm-hmm. Like it is wild it, to me it, that this is a mid-budget film. But it's fair. Uh, uh, the Wachowski siblings got uh, serious money from uh, Warner Brothers, I believe, and and had to make uh, a different movie first before they got it. But uh, it, it is fascinating to me this came out after the matrix and and has the effects that it does also i will say that you need to suspend disbelief in like 30 second chunks for this movie um what's an an example uh so so the car is going underneath the 18 wheeler Mm, uh you need to forget that the 18 wheeler was not a lot shorter uh that the clearance was not a lot smaller like That's a specialty 18-wheeler to make that happen. Uh, yeah, it raised up in between the scene where they approach and then they actually go under. It was uh, it was pretty great. So I'm going to push back. What special effects were bad? Like, like take you out of the moment bad. Like, the computer uh, imagery, get... when, when they're going very fast, like, that stuff, you can, you can, you can rationalize that as being sort it's of... Not, you're right. It's not special effects. It's camera work and, like, fade effects that were... That were really rough, like some of the okay. shaky okay. cam, some of the the other things. Oh, yeah, you're you're right. It, it is not special effects because pretty much all of them were practical effects, other than the fact that they use a whole bunch of copper in the nitrous fire scene because uh, fires aren't randomly green. Yeah, the, um, the main special, main like CGI special effects they do that are I didn't find them too distracting just because they're brief. 
is during that first car drag race of when they're showing the process of just like the fuel exploding, mm-hmm. driving the pistons and going through the cars. That's like visibly, obviously, you know, early 2000 CGI, but it's so limited. It's, it doesn't really take me out of it. It's just kind of no. part, part of the feel. I'm just, well, you're flowing with the engine as it goes. I found that okay. I, I'm going to jump in and say that was awesome. I also loved the same sort of conceit in uh, Lord of War, uh, which has similar CGI of, of a bullet Bullets. sort of. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very it's memorable also, It's yeah. also completely unnecessary for the plot. So it doesn't take me out of it at all. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. not like nothing relies on that scene. Yeah. Um, um, so I will say I got my McDonald's delivered. I now have uh, sandwiches in front of me. I have sampled the filet of fish. I oh yeah, can we let's talk about the filet of fish? Let's. I don't understand have the microwave cheese at the bottom, but uh, let's let's go over the uh, the filet of fish. The, everybody have the filet of fish. So I ask yeah. you all to have the filet of fish for a couple of reasons. One is because, in my opinion, it's sneaky. It's a sneaky sort of option for maybe one of the better fast food sandwiches, in my opinion. I actually really like it. But I also think it's the one thing that separates McDonald's menu from pretty much just every fast food place. It, it's been on the McDonald's menu for like an age too, right? Well, that's the story I've got for you all about how the filet of fish got on the McDonald's menu. But let's try it first and see if everybody likes it. It's not, not much to it. it. It is a fish patty. It is what was this tartar sauce? There, tartar I'm, sauce. Yep. Tartar sauce and half a piece of cheese. The cheese yep. is the interesting addition. I don't know. I don't know if the cheese needs to be there. They take it, half a piece of cheese and put it on there. It's rough. Um, everything no, else. It's not rough. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you mean by rough? You don't think it tastes good? I, I don't like the addition of the cheese. It's okay. It's it's It has a lot more breading taste than I was expecting. I'm not getting much fish. I'm mostly just getting breading from it. Take another couple bites. Um, so what, when you say this sets uh, that fast food apart, um, I feel like Long John Silver's has a maybe similar thing, but yeah, I they're, honestly have never eaten there, so... Okay, that's fair. Thank you, Spencer. That's like uh, that's a, that was a strange connection. I say it sets it apart, and, and BJ goes, "Well, what about that one place that sells only fish?" Now, I, it is interesting. I would consider Long John Silver's a fast food place, though. Right. That that that's where I was lumping. Not that you know, it's a fish yeah. fast food place. I get rather than it's, a general fast food place. Like most fast food restaurants, like when I'm we're talking about fast food here, I'm talking about like national brands, universally available. Are they so not? Well, wait, one second. wait for the end. Wait, wait for the okay. end. I'm, I'm sure he's going to qualify as being burgers yeah. as being the predominant delivery ve- mechanism. Right. Things like, you know, Burger King, Wendy's, like if you're on the interstate and you're stopping at a place, what are you, the typical options? It's usually no more than four or five restaurants. Right. And, and if you remove Taco Bell and KFC from it, it's mostly burger shops. Like, sure. And standard. nothing on the McDonald's menu, hamburgers, you know, double cheeseburgers, uh, French fries, chicken nuggets, uh, milkshakes, all of that's very standard for a burger place. A fish sandwich is also relatively standard. Like Burger King has a fish sandwich. Wendy's has a fish sandwich, but their fish sandwiches are very, very different. And the filet of fish is very different than pretty much every other fish sandwich at all of these restaurants in part because of the addition of the cheese, but also it's like a particular type of fish. It's haddock fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes on a buttered bun, which not all of them do a buttered bun with the fish. So anyway, I think that it's it's more of it's not completely unique, but it's more of a unique item than you would get on anything else in the McDonald's menu. And I also think it's an underrated thing. I think that like for years, people would kind of make fun of the filet of fish, like say, why would I get a fish sandwich at a at a restaurant or at a, at a fast food restaurant? I don't know. I think it tastes pretty good. I think it's one of their better options. 
So I, I don't I don't know what the consensus is on this, but I I feel like McDonald's has surprisingly good sauces. Like that tartar sauce is it's a pretty good tartar sauce. I was gonna say the best part of that call. sandwich was the tartar sauce. That was surprisingly good tartar sauce. I agree with that, PJ. Well, all right. Welcome, welcome to the dark side. Their tartar sauce is bomb. Um, in terms of like not boutique just you're gonna get it everywhere. It typically mm-hmm. tartar sauce is, is so bland and just mayo-y that it's just, it's just a, mayo, yeah. they yeah, tend I mean, to put a, a little much on it on the sandwiches. Like I I, I had to take a little bit off of mine I, for my taste, but that's just a personal preference. But you guys want to know the history of the filet fish sandwich? I can explain that to you all. Tell me. Um, so McDonald's was made. Uh, the very first McDonald's was in, um, it's in 1955, opened in 1955 in De Plains, Illinois. And they had basically five things in the menu. They had um, or, uh, really four things. They had a, a hamburger, French fries, so soft drink, and they had a milkshake. And then they got super popular and they opened another restaurant across town. So now you have two McDonald's, Ray Crockett opened two McDonald's at this point. And he wanted to expand the menu. And uh, BJ thinks he knows where the story is going, but he does not. He wanted to expand the, uh, he wanted to expand the menu, right? (laughs) And so he had, he went to his test kitchen and he thought, all right, let's let's cook up another menu item for my McDonald's. And he came up with two different menu items that he came out of the kitchen with. The filet of fish, which is exactly the way you eat it today, which is the the haddock filet with the half piece of cheese and the tartar sauce. Then he came up with another sandwich, which was the pineapple sandwich, where you take a slice of pineapple and you grill the pineapple, put it on a buttered bun with a slice of cheese and sell it. And he just, that's a a decision. Had to, had, had, had his, like his workers try it. Everybody liked both options. And so he decided to, to do like a little test run. He released the filet of fish in one location. He released the pineapple sandwich in another location and he tested to see which one sold more. Luckily for all of us, the filet of fish sold more. So that's what he released onto the menu and the pineapple sandwich was lost to history. So there you go. That's uh, I'm how the fish I, I want to try a McDonald's uh, pineapple sandwich. I like the filet of fish thing. It, it fascinates me that it's not a, uh, a fish on rice. For, for a Catholics thing. Uh, Spencer, well, actually, I, so when I heard that story, yeah. I bought a pineapple and did this did this pineapple sandwich. Yeah. How is it? it? It's actually better than you think. Like it, it kind of tastes like, a, maybe like in the vein of like Hawaiian pizza because yeah. it's like cheese, um, grilled pineapple, heated mm-hmm. up pineapple yeah. and bread. It's better than you think, but I, I do think the filet of fish is better. One thing I love about your story is that it's, it also was highlighting one of the central tensions of the foundation of McDonald's about what do you date the origin of McDonald's from? The McDonald's Corporation or the McDonald's Brothers over in San Bernardino, California, opening the first restaurant? Of where Ray Kroc's McDonald's, when he you know bought the licensing rights and franchised to whoever else, very much centered where you said he was the one that expanded the various foods that they were offering. Because previously it was just burgers, fries, shakes. Yep. There's a lot of degree of tension though about who is the founder. Which, if you guys haven't seen that film with Michael Keaton from a few years ago, it's actually a pro- really a, 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 fu- a good film on that topic, even if it does change a little bit of the history at the end. So maybe like the next time we all get together, I'll make you all the pineapple sandwich. Um, it sounds weird. I know, but like, I was just telling my mom this story and she's like, I would never go to McDonald's and order a pineapple sandwich. I was like, well, no, not now. But if Ray Kroc had put that on the menu 70 years ago, we might all think that's fucking normal. Like you, it actually, it's not as good as the fish sandwich, but it's better than you think a pineapple sandwich would be. So when you made this pineapple sandwich, yeah, did you use sliced canned pineapple? No, I got a regular pineapple 
And, okay. But I did grill it. Like I yeah. actually used yeah. it. I put it on a grill. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I feel like that's important. I feel like if you just take like a raw piece of bite apple and put yeah. it on bread, that might be a little rough. <laughs> but I also got, imagine what, soggy bread at that point. <laughs> what yeah, would tough. have been in McDonald's restaurants would have been like the canned pineapple in syrup because there's no other way you're getting pineapple to, to play in Illinois no, at that point no, in time. Not in that period of time. Definitely yeah. not. I don't know. Pineapple was pretty popular in the fifties and sixties, right? Like that was like the big. Yeah. I thought canned, push, like canned pineapple, not, not fresh. I'm, I'm going to push know. back. I, I'm, I I'm, I'm, I'm imagining it was fresh. I don't know. I, I'm glad you have an active imagination. Um, and, <laughs> and I appreciate that of you, Levi. Okay. Um, <laughs> can we go back question? to the movie? Yes. Okay, qu- questions from the movie. Um, what, in rewatching it, what was your guys' favorite thing about the film, and what was your least favorite thing about the film in terms of your experience of it? I mean, for uh, me, for me, for me, the, for me, favorite was again the stunt work and the action, the action scenes. There weren't as many as I remembered, but they were surprisingly good. I, they, I, they, they kept my attention, and I thought they were well executed. I always just appreciate, you know, practical practical effects and stunt work being put on a big, putting put on the put on the big screen. Uh, least successful thing for me. I forgot how bad the dialogue was, particularly like in the what? first half of the film of where live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah, that's the back half of the film. The first half of the film is rough when it comes to the dialogue. It's very B movie. It emphasized to me that this is al- almost just straight up, just being a remake of well, an adaptation of point break done for the early two thousands and a B movie version of that it gets well, better. And it makes some of the more whoa. memorable quotes, but for me, the, particularly the dialogue and the acting for like the first half was rough and then got a little bit better about that time at the end. So how's the that, tuna here? That's iconic. <laughs> is, is it? Is, yeah. that, is that motif from the next 10 films that followed? No, I hope so. That would big, be great. It's a big thing in my life. How's the tuna yes. here? That's wonderful. <laughs> um, Has everybody tried the Big Mac? Because the Big Mac fucking rules. Uh, it so is I'm a gonna, great sandwich. We'll do that next. As we go. It, no, 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 no. Let's do a cheeseburger next because if we do, do the Big Mac, we're not going to have the cheeseburger. Fair point. Okay. I already ate my cheeseburger. Um, the cheeseburger. So, so Terry is waxing poetic about fish fillets. Cheeseburgers from McDonald's. That's my jam. That is that is the thing that I have very fond memories of. In fact, look at the price when I ordered uh, through through DoorDash, and it was ridiculous. Um, I remember when they were ninety nine cent for for a cheese for a cheeseburger, sixty nine cent for for a hamburger. Um, I got some questions for you, Leva. Yeah. Do you remember when they did the 39 cent hamburger, 49 cent cheeseburger thing and people were like stocking their freezers? Oh, I, I, in fact, went to a kid named Justin's house who lived close to the food line that was right by the McDonald's sort of north of Elizabeth City. Um, and we went there and bought uh, it was 20, 20 or 30 uh, cheeseburgers at a time and just sort of housed them all down. Is it, are, are you, so when you're thinking about the McDonald's cheeseburger, is it the diced onions ketchup combo that, that gets you? I feel like that's pretty fucking good. It's diced onions. Ketchup looks like there's mustard on mine and a, and a single a single pickle. There's like one, like I think the, the ratio that the McDonald's corporate goes for is there should be an amount of ketchup and then one fifth of that amount of mustard. I and don't so it's have supposed to onions. be way more supposed to be way. Oh, you don't Ooh, have onions. Whoa. You're missing out. Onions are the thing. Onions that is are... unbelievable. The diced onions is huge. Well, I, f- I found a little bit. It did not really make it. They blend into my sandwich. sandwich. Wow. I, that's what makes the McDonald's cheeseburger so different. Yeah. It's like, even when you, when you go to like Wendy's and get like a standard cheeseburger, <clears> you're not going to get the diced onions. So I think it was a cheeseburger, but it might've been a hamburger. My grandfather 
that was like one of the the treats that he would have on the drive from Baltimore to Florida. And so my my grandparents kept kosher and uh, in their house and I think just in general, otherwise, uh, like, I don't know that they really went out to eat, but like one of his, his traits would be when he drove down like the, whatever, 17 hours or or whatever it is from, from Baltimore to Florida, they, they would stop and he would get a, a McDonald's hamburger, or cheeseburger. I assume hamburger, but like, you know, not a hundred percent on that. I'm very fond of the fact that McDonald's does the generic American cheese. I feel like that's a good, the generic American cheese yeah. for me is a Melts solid well. thing. It's a good choice. Um, Hey, Spencer, I'll answer your question. The things that I liked or didn't like about the film. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a bunch of answers to those questions, but like the first one is because the fast series and franchise has become so ingrained and is like still so particularly relevant with like pop culture. Now I had forgotten how dated the movie is like, just, just like the basic stuff. Like, um, There's a reference to fat burger and a double cheeseburger and fries is two ninety five. There's DMX music, Limp Biscuit music. Ja Rule is in this film, um, and it has half of the songs. There is a song um, that gets a montage toward the back end of the film called "Debonair" by Dope, which <laughs> Dope is just a standard rank and file Marilyn Manson ripoff, like as hard as you can, and made me super nostalgic for that particular type of like like heavy goth rock type thing that manson did mm-hmm. um there's a there's just a lot of things in it that just makes me like or like the the, the focus on like the cell phone and stuff mm-hmm. just, just seems like what they were standpoint. stealing dvd players yes yeah DVD uh, players, combo Panasonic. dvd tv and vhs players VHS, yeah. that that was what was that just even from an art standpoint, the film is surprisingly like yellow. It's got that kind of yellow filter that films from around like you know, the late nineties and early two thousands just applied. Like we're in LA, everything is yellow. Orange, yellow. Kind of of uncomfortable question. I think did did they did they change the tint of Jordana Brewster's skin to make her seem more closely aligned with Vin Diesel as she was supposed to be his. I th- his sister I, I think because so, i think no. she looks way more brown in this film than she does in like life like she's a white person like it's strange and looking at her in this film probably also michelle rodriguez but they could also have been i feel like uh spray tan tanning booths and things like that were a lot more yeah but my back then. that and I, that's probably true but my question is was it intentional to make it look like oh my god Spencer. sister <laughs> what fully work <laughs> anyway i don't know I, maybe maybe that, it was uh, I, I have had that thought before. That particularly early in the film, her tan kind of looks fake. It gets a little looks a little bit more natural over time, but it make her look looks like, like it's a certain element yeah. to braid on. Uh, so there are a handful of things. One, I, I think they wanted to to deal with and reference uh, LA's smog, and I feel like that was part of the like filter going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I wanted to to mention is, and I don't know the origin of this concept, but it, it's uh, it's talked about in a, a podcast that I've listened to called The Suck Fairy, which is things what? that you remember enjoying um, and you go back and consume them again and they're not as good as you remember them. And it's not that it was bad when you first enjoyed it. It's just, you know, it has magically changed in 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 the, the, the period of time since you first consumed it uh, and visited by The Suck Fairy. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm just saying it it did not hold up to my memory of it. 
I remember it being a lot more fun and cooler uh, when I first saw it. Yeah, I always, that's a that's a type of take that's very common from people in our generation uh, of, our, of our, no, just of our age. I mean, like, I think, yeah. I think that's pretty common, but like that bores the shit out of me, to be honest with you. But people are like, oh, well, that's not it. That it used to be so much better 20 years. Like, okay, now I'm having a conversation with your imagination, like just your, whatever you fictionally have created about what that thing used to be. Like, I, that doesn't do anything for me. Hey, uh, is this guy, so the, the head detective in the film, his name's Tom Barry, T-H-O-M Barry. That's the actor's name. Yeah. The black guy? The black guy? Yeah. Is he like the best generic cop like ever? In a he's, film? Like a he's, he's a really he's good a, one. He had a yeah. lot of career as a generic cop. Damn, if I don't believe him in that role. He's like yeah. kind of perfect for it, right? I mean, if, if, you want a, if you want a straightforward cop who's like, you know, good, he, 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 he couldn't play a corrupt cop. Um, I'm trying to think fair, of the actor. Fair. There's an actor who's like a generic white guy actor who's who's a bad cop in a couple of movies i'll sort of look it up um but he's certainly this sort of affable you know stern father figure but good good cop guy what? yeah I mean, even the other like boss cop guys uh, it's ted levine right is playing is playing like you know the immediate handler of our, of um i think so water, right? the, the white guy with the beard yeah i mean he's yeah. he he is regularly playing a cop or cop adjacent most of his roles part of his career i mean he had a yeah. career playing a detective on monk he was a serial killer in Silence of the Lambs, so that's cop adjacent, <laughs> I suppose. The so, solution on its skin. Hey, I, I, sorry, sorry, question. Question for you all, and then uh, and then I'll, I'll I'll be quiet. Um, was I the only one that felt like Vin Diesel acted circles around Paul Walker? Like it felt like Paul, to me like Paul yeah. Walker was reading all, like I, you know, R.I.P. to the dead, right? Like that's uh, all, everything, but like. He fe- it felt like to me that guy was reading like lines off a page, and I like Vin Diesel was fucking acting. Vin Diesel yeah. was acting. Paul Walker comes across in this film as if they picked up a model and just kind of put him in a film. Yeah, I mean, it looked very much like there are cue cards off screen to the point. You, at times, he doesn't even look like he's looking at the other actor. He's just looking in their vague direction as if he's reading the cue cards. It's They're like, zooming in on his blue eyes and hoping that that takes you away from his acting ability. I mean, if we're if we're gonna rank actors, this film. Paul Walker's got to be near the bottom, I think. And Vin's got to of- be toward the top, right? I mean, I, I know he he's playing the same character in a lot of movies, but like he can play that character. He's a well. character actor. He's a good character actor. He's good. Um, I, 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 if I was going to rank like people uh, around him, the I don't remember the name of the character, but the uh, guy that's got ADD that works as their mechanic, I, I put him above. Who? So I, Diesel, and he, I've seen him in other things to know he's also just a good actor. In, other my, things in my head, that was Aaron Paul. It was not Aaron Paul. It was it's not Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul like, kind of role. If, if, you, if you had asked me if me. Aaron Paul <laughs> was in close. the Fast and the Furious, I would have been. Yep, Aaron Paul was. was like six at this point. But we're like, sure. hey, he's a guy for Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> that is Chad Lindbergh for looking at the uh, name of that actor. So, so to, to respond to you, Terry, I think when I like, I understand that it's a sort of boring take, but I think that the other thing is just the amount of media that is produced means that things that were okay we remember as a lot better and so like i i think that that it's it's a tougher comparison to what we have now where there's so much more money time and effort put into so much more media that we can be so much p- more picky and choosy that re- reflecting on a lot of things that we really enjoyed which were probably a little bit more flash in the pan uh I don't know, it doesn't take away from the enjoyment, but it puts in contrast like what, how things are and how things work. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, on an end of, like 
on a take by take basis, it's, it's fine, but it's just those type of people who like every time you're talking to them will tell you that they used to like so-and-so, but it was way better back then. And everything sucks now. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a vein of negative take that, that I don't enjoy when people are always like, when they go back to something they enjoyed before and just decide now it sucks. It's like, eh. I mean, but appreciate it for what it was back then. Yeah. I mean, tastes change. And, and that's the, sort of the other thing where, um, and then the consumption experience change changes. Like, I think this would have been a lot of fun to watch together in a way that sort of watching it alone was less fun. And so like, I would have been hanging around with my peers watching something. And I feel like that's the way to consume a lot of movies like this. Speaking of character acting, Michelle Rodriguez played the same exact character in the D&D movie that was just released this year, right? Michelle Rodriguez has played the same character her entire career. She has has made a hell of a career off being typecast as the tough girl. And she's made a nice living off it. Guys, this is this is this is one you don't want to mess with, guys. You don't yep. want to mess with her. She's tough, guys. It's also cookie, fa- that one. fascinating to me how uh fashion has changed in terms of <laughs> like she fit both the fashions of today and then in terms of like how how she presented herself in the roles. And they are so wildly different. Uh, but she fit very well into each of those. Uh, one question. Um how did you get, and commenting on one thing you said, BJ, I think for several of us, we first saw it when we were in theaters, and this seems like a good film to see in theaters just to experience, you know, the sound of cars done through surround sound systems. It's another part of just the aspect of the original experience that can affect how you kind of remember whatever else. How did you guys feel about the trucker with the shotgun at the end as being like the primary antagonist of the film? We get a brief drive-by by Asian, Asian mafia. Otherwise... The main threat from the film is a trucker with a shotgun that is trying to murder them. I mean, at least it's not Hobo with a shotgun. So, same category. I, so you, I did, it was a little small scale. Yeah, it but is. you also don't need to analyze any of these movies when it comes to morality, right? Because ultimately, that that trucker is a that person. That's what I wanted to go for here. He is defending himself against people that are trying to rob him and shoot him in some capacity. Not murder him, but at least knock him out. I mean, Correct. or he's trying to he's trying to do his job and, and get home safely to his kids. This this guy's a working man who's be is being you know sort of assaulted by these 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 guys going around in luxury vehicles. Fundamentally, um, this is basically the rich plundering the poor, uh, and this guy's defending himself, and he's the antagonist. Uh, also, I feel like the the first cars might have been Chevy Cavaliers rather than Honda Civics. Uh, and then they actually subbed in Honda Civics to the second heist. It was definitely uh, Honda Civics by the second heist. I would say that much. Yeah. Um, I have nearly that model of Honda Civic still. No, you don't, Spencer. It's that like 10 don't. years later. That year. No, you don't. I, I, I've got a mid-2000s Honda Civic. It's around, it's around the same period. No. You, oh, no. So the, <laughs> the Honda Civics that they were using were late 90s Honda Civics, and there were a, a bottle change between that and the car you have. I know exactly what car you have. That started I, in about 06. I was going to call bullshit because I think they quoted one of those cars at 80K or something. And Spencer, that would be, he wouldn't even walk by a car worth 80K. Like I, I think the, the modification. So scared he would, he would be so yeah. scared he'd mess it up yeah. walking by. Uh, I think the modifications were closer to that. So uh, I also like the the random uh, knockout gun that they have that they use once and like never shows never up explain. again it's this like weird sticky thing that hits the guy's yeah. neck and he just uh also the 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 dildo grappling hooks were pretty great um whoa but so you see so 
you're just going to Spencer back to your question about what, what it, it is the best about this is ultimately the the way the idea of using a car as a mechanism to to um, assault a moving 18 wheeler is is amazing. That's that mm-hmm. mind that's mind blowing. And that's the thing that like you can look you, you can say some things are dated, some things are slow, some things are not great. But ultimately, still, the conceit of the movie. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's a it's such an inventive way of doing things because traditionally cars are, are are about the sort of you know battle between two individuals as opposed to be a moving platform to try to you know launch people other and places. I also kind of feel like this uh takes Bond to the common people. Like that this is like a this is a classic scene in in like every Bond movie where and you know a lot previously like from horse to horse you'd get like jumping from horses to uh, mm-hmm. another horse or or horse and cart or whatever and it it's taking it to partially the bond and arrow but also just like a like more run of the mill you know it's not a british super spy it's some group it, it reminds me almost of it's in some ways an inner city western because they're robbing the stagecoach the yeah. stagecoach is traveling through the countryside. Even the last, even the ending part of the film, they're just in the middle of the desert. They're straight up just robbing the stagecoach as it's crossing the desert. And we've updated it away from you know being on horseback. They now have high performance vehicles. It is an L.A. western. I went to L.A. last December. It's about six months ago. Looks the same. <laughs> it really looks the same. <laughs> I don't. I don't see a lot of difference in in some of the you know outside of the downtown. Uh, Do they still wear snakeskin pants? <laughs> hey, question for the group. This was a big thing when this movie came out among my friend group at the time. Michelle Rodriguez or Jordana Brewster? Who does it? Who does it for you more? Who who are you? Who who do you think is more attractive in the film? Um, you, you don't think too long. Reptile brain answers only. B. Jacob. Uh, Brewster. Spencer. Rodriguez. Levi. Brewster. Brewster for me too. It's three to one. I mean, Spencer's Hispanic, so what, Bruce, it, it attracts. Sure. I've also seen Brewster just being hot, hotter in other films. I don't find her particularly attractive in this film. Is it because of the all the different coloring that they've done to her? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's that. Spencer's a colorist. It's the, it's so. the inauthentic nature of her. Um, <laughs> it, it's also such a weird contrast between Michelle Rodriguez having seen her recently and seeing her in this like how different she looks yeah for sure well you know, 22 wait. years will be a thing this was like her second film or something too right and like it's it also was, tough yeah. it's also tougher because it it's hard to not see them like as so much younger than i am now and that wasn't the case when we watched the movies when they came out it, um, it, was, in- it was interesting to go through their filmographies for a lot of them this was like their first or like third film of like, yeah. for, even Vin Diesel, he'd basically been in like a few films I hadn't heard of. He had a, a very limited role in Saving Private Ryan. And then like Pitch Black came out like the year before this. Uh, was when was Chronicles of Riddick? Chronicles of Riddick was after Pitch Black. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, he was a I mean, he had his uh, breakdancing career. Well, sure. But there's, he, he was in Pitch Black <laughs> and he was in Boiler Room. And yeah. plus, plus oh, Boiler Room Ryan. was mm, such a good movie. That That is a good, very good, good very shout good. out. Uh, we should have the big mac before uh yeah let's have yeah. the big mac before it gets uh, sad before you get tired <laughs> yeah big big mac i feel like is like the most standard menu item at mcdonald's that i've never had before hmm. hard for me to thing. believe but i can't argue it I, I think it was always just like the inner like the fact that it's like a dagwood sandwich with the extra layer of bread in the middle even as a, as a kid i went eh i don't why am i paying for more bread 
I would always just get the You're double. Such a weirdo, Spencer. No, do you, do you not like club sandwiches? Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. Exact logic. Club sandwich. Club sandwich is a great sandwich. Exact logic, my brain. I always go with the double quarter pounder because I thought I was getting more for it. I swear to God, I would have hated you as an eight-year-old. Like, just like, why am I? Why, why am I paying you for You hate bread? me now. What's changed? <laughs> um, Sometimes I was, think he doesn't have a take, and he just has to cook up something. You know, like there's no real Big Mac take, and so he just was like, "All right, what, what do I got? What do I got to find here? All right, well, middle piece of bread." I no. will say, you stumbled on on you know my opinion, which is that I always love the the quarter pound with cheese more than the Big Mac. Um, I don't know if I necessarily thought because of the the it added bread. I don't know if I was really counting carbs when I was 16. All right, this this needs more ketchup. I will be right back. Well, it, it's like, like like when we tried the cheeseburger earlier. McDonald's bread's not that great because I don't think they toasted enough. It does come across as very being very very you know, like doughy bread. So like with the cheeseburger, I feel like I'm eating mostly bread. And for this again, I'm just getting a lot of extra bread. For someone who's a bit, who's a fan of the McDonald's cheeseburger, I'm not surprised you like the court, double quarter pounder because it's basically an amped up version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Big Mac, I mean, I, for, uh, I'll be very transparent. Like, I mean, I, I, my favorite condiment on a cheeseburger is mayonnaise. So good call. I, of course, am going to like the Big Mac the most. Um, <clears throat> I love the focus on the special sauce as pickle relish. Plus there's also pickles on it. I love pickles. Um, the whole thing really works for me. I like the shredded lettuce too. However, the shredded lettuce does not set up well to, to sit around for a very long time as BJ mentioned. So like we, you do, do you kind of have to eat the Big Mac right away. It's not something you get for for later. Levi, what, what was your what was your favorite and least favorite thing about the first Fast and Furious film? Um, I will give you my view of what it what it is now, not what it, you know what it was when I was sixteen or so. Um, sure. I like the fact that it's low stakes, uh, not a lot of action. I mean, like ultimately, I, it does get exhausting to watch action movies where every five minutes there's explosions. It's it's mm-hmm. it's too much. It's Agreed. too amped up. Um, sometimes it's fun and and it's fine, but it. The fact that every movie has explosions every five minutes is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, whereas the, the low stakes here, to me, actually is a good thing. Um, I it is still mind-boggling that they took a bunch of thieves who are robbing working-class people and like took took them to be the saviors of the universe. Like that is that is a a, a mind-blowing transformation. It, it is an um, arc, I gotta say. Um, what didn't age well? I mean, just the the late 90s early 2000s stuff like all, all that stuff right like i mean including what was it leon or um his his f-bomb um calling someone a a, a gay slur uh that oh, right. the course yeah that, that was tough that, that surprised me when that happened i forgot about that, that was tough yeah yeah saw, yeah i forgot about that as well yeah you, you know when he was leaving the tuna shop anymore. yep um, i really want one of those tuna sandwiches too <laughs> you were just committed to this tuna sandwich. Did not look like a great tuna sandwich. I'm a I'm a romantic man. I love the idea that you go back to the same counter every day. How's the how's the tuna? She knows it sucks. You know it sucks. She knows you're there just to talk to her. I don't know. The whole romance of it got me, man. I'm a I'm a rom com guy. I like it. Is is the romance your favorite part of this film? For sure, always. Yeah, that's the most relatable part to any of this stuff. I've never jumped up from a fucking car to a goddamn eighteen wheeler before, but I've I've you know gone into establishments and and thought you know a woman is is pretty and i wanted to talk to her yeah it's it's the most relatable part of it i thought they very much could have cut the entire romance from the story and i would have liked it better wouldn't be anything left speaking of a big romance guy you're um, 30 minute movie what do you think of vin diesel's and michelle rodriguez's relationship things a little weird in in real life no in in the movie because it happened in real life in the movie a little weird it was a little weird you know when she does the hyper aggressive like 
Um, I, 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 I'm gonna you're, you're gonna give me a massage now. Face. No, no, no. I'm talking about when he shows up to the when they're at the race and she that he he's talking to these two women and, and she oh, comes right. up and she says, I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put you know tread marks on your face or whatever. And he's like, I'm just talking to him. Like it almost felt like um they 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 alternated between like simply sexual and then like trying to make them like a CBS sitcom type of thing. So it reminds me of uh sort of 70s, 80s era uh feminists like books where they would have the a female protagonist that acted more like a guy and like treated the like you know how they they viewed sex violence and things like that more like a male view in a masculine manner yeah Levi, were you not buying the relationship between vin and, and michelle i thought it was extraordinarily weird um let's put it that way <laughs> um yeah it the- wasn't normal I'm, I'm I mean, guessing their relationship holds for like the next whole mess of films too, right? Uh-uh. Spencer, this isn't Mass Effect. You you can no. you can uh, like you know go with a different. I want my uh, save romantic. game to carry over. They now. become I'm they be they're 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 lifelong partners of the family. They're family, family. of all. But yeah. no, they don't they don't stay. The, the romance status. I mean, it gets weird in Tokyo Drift. So uh, I feel like that's what they did with her character. Instead of having like a strong female character that was like a female character, they had a strong female character, but like basically suited her up as a guy sort of in, in those things and and like how she dealt with people and, and how aggressive she was and, and whatever else, which I don't know. It was, yes, I, I, I think it fell flat here. Of, of Vin Diesel's four like, you know, partners in crime. Who gets the most and who gets the least characterization? We've got the other guy, guy, the guy other that guy. hates Paul Walker because he wants to date Vin Diesel's sister. Yeah, we've got Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, we've got the dude who's always monitoring the police scanner, and then we've got the mechanic ADD dude. That's the yeah, I like the dude at the police scanner. He's yeah, guy. He's your guy. Like he didn't. Like he, he, he was just there. They needed. Just I know, but that's such a job. And he did it well. When you're going to do street the, racing in LA, that's an important job. The dude that had ADD couldn't monitor the, <laughs> Get the police scanner. The he couldn't be trusted. So, uh, uh, police scanner dude also pulled Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez out of a car and got her out of the situation. So his two roles, he did them well. What? So what did you think about the like reference to AD, like the the addressing ADD, like he just you know it, wasn't cut out for college, but still super smart. It, if this film, I felt when he was saying that that if this film was done 10, 15 years later, he would have been autistic. I felt like in that moment, ADD was just the condition that you could say to say that this guy's intelligent, but he's not fitting in well with the system. And today, they'd make he would be autistic by comparison. It's probably safe. Yeah, I uh, buy that for sure. I think he would have had Asperger's, but maybe that was later. On the spectrum, on the spectrum. Sure. No, no, yeah. but like I think around this era would have been Asperger's. Maybe I just don't remember I, the exact I think timing. It's a little bit early for that. Uh, this, this this is still coming off like the Rain Man era of understanding autism. We really hadn't gone into a, like a broader understanding yet for a few more years, I think. I mean, but also I, like, I feel like they did a surprising, for the context of the rest of the movie, I think they did a surprisingly reasonable job with that character. Uh, that, that scene actually was like one of the few, like, you know, two characters talking to room scenes that actually were like, oh, that's actually kind of like, I understand this character a little bit better now and have a certain sympathy for him. In and, time to kill him off here in a few minutes. And wait, wait, no, no, not in a few minutes. He he was there for quite a while. And I feel like he had a, a relatively bit part, but he acted that part pretty well. Like his yeah. discomfort and, and freaking out about the race and 
and just like all of that, I feel like was of the more believable parts. If, if you want to rank like quality of acting, regardless of what the role you role you've got, Ted Levine playing the police captain, he actually just delivered his lines, I thought, better than anybody. So number one. Number two for me would be the ADD guy. No way. And then probably some some range around Vin Diesel being in the third category. You forgot Tom Barry. He's up there too, dude. Thumb, Thumbberry, I just imagine. I almost just imagined that they just brought a cop on the set. It, it, it's got an H in there, doesn't it? Do you do you call it the Thames River? I sometimes <laughs> yes to annoy English people. It's Tom Barry, and he's wonderful at his job. Uh, two things, two things in this. Thomas movie. Jefferson. Two <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> I got me. That's good. <laughs> two things in this movie that like I popped for. <laughs> when um that's like a wrestling term like when the crowd mm-hmm. explodes like pop that popped for it in 2001 then i still pop for it now and that is when michelle rodriguez turns to vin and says go upstairs and give me a massage pop then pop now <laughs> and then mm-hmm. also when um the guy's shot and paul walker's calling it in and that's the reveal for vin diesel that he's a cop and you get that look from vin to him and you don't know if vin's gonna like lay him out there and jordana brewster's like saying no 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 like don't do anything right now that whole the tint that how tense that scene was still works for me today. That scene actually worked kind of well. It came across as being a rather authentic scene, even with just how he's calling it in. It actually just felt like how you'd convey that information. That scene yeah, worked it well. Worked. It worked for sure. Um, how about this favorite car? That that muscle that Honda muscle Civic. car with the, just the Honda Civic, <laughs> one of the nine that's in the film. A, a sensible commuting car. Thank that's you. my favorite Thanks, one. Honda <laughs> Civic <laughs> LX. Like you seen not, the Kelly Blue Book on that thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the only one running out of all all of the ones there. Uh, that that uh, it's still stuck in my mind. But that 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 muscle car that that Vin Diesel made with his dad with the okay, so you didn't you, you, you didn't look things up on the internet. I, I in my head, I was trying to decide what cars did you recognize and what cars did you have just to look up in, in film. Just like that that that, car, that muscle car and that one little bit of drag race they do at the end to brace the train. That was one of the scenes that was burned in my memory going in of where I remembered that almost beat for beat. Just I found that was a cool car and a cool race. So to answer the question, the Dodge Charger, muscle muscle car, that's that's the car. That's the most mm-hmm. awesome car, car of the group. I thought it was a Chevelle. Anyway. Uh, Does that car come back credits. later? Does he rebuild it at some point or something later on in the series? And if not, why not? I don't know if it's that exact I car. I mean, he, he definitely drives muscle cars. It's not just like all souped up sort of imports. Yeah. Um, I will say that for some reason, like, and well, it, it it's not surprising the reason, but like the, uh, how they had that car built reminded me of Family Matters at the intro. What? Uh, Steve Urkel, Family Matters? Family what? Urkel? What? So in the intro, the, the oldest child of like the main family had a car that he was working on that had an external intake to the engine with the the same sort of like flappy intake and that 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 like for whatever I have reason no memory of that at all wow uh, i am i am going to view the intro because i have no memory of this this seems insane i'm almost, like i might be wrong but that that is my memory of and if it wasn't it was something else in TGIF the that friday night uh garbage tv um i I really liked when this movie came out, the the eclipse that uh attracts. Uh and and now I would definitely lean more toward the uh 
lean more to the muscle car. I like none of the, the cars here are are like my current taste, uh, even though I do have a Civic. But yeah, that I Levi, I, I am on brand if nothing else. So I've I've watched through the intro, by the way, and I'm not seeing on Family Matters. I need you to find me the TGIF uh intro that has someone working on a muscle car it just seems out of out of place i don't have any memory of that i did watch a lot of family matters going up there so um in the early on in this film the limp biscuit song roland plays a little bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i was a big limp biscuit fan back in the day i felt like roland that song was off of um chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water which was basically their third major album and that's when they really took a nosedive i feel like the song roland was really overexposed like it was here it was a lot of places it was also the um entrance music for the undertaker's alternate character the american badass which he became post 9-11 when everyone wanted to cheer for america for like two years like he was the american badass and roland was his his intro music i feel like roland is a pretty good timestamp for when limb biscuit fell the fuck off a cliff like when you hear that when you hear that song limb biscuit is irrelevant in four three two one irrelevant which one came out first roland or uh nookie nookie was, was previous was nookie, no- nookie was off their second favorite their second um album second major album and then roland was chocolate starfish chocolate flavor water later I'm, I'm gonna be honest here. The, the the thing is, is that Limp Biscuit and their career is what realized, like, it, it's what cultivated a hipster mentality even before I knew hipsters existed. Uh, because I remember staying up late and watching MTV and um, seeing um, a video um, for 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 you know a variety of sort of new metal bands um, because that, that that was the genre they were in. Um, and yeah, seeing a lot of other things. Seeing um, what was the name of the song? Uh, counterfeit Faith, counterfeit it was counterfeit off of uh three dollar bill y'all um yep. seeing that and i remember thinking this is amazing this is great and then seeing them transition to the nookie and rolling sort of like pop new metal-y stuff and thinking this is ridiculous okay <laughs> i hate this i liked their second album but when they if they got to the third one i i, I really yeah it was I, you know i didn't i didn't call limp biscuit correctly i got a, I got a hand up for everybody <laughs> i thought they would be cool for a long time and they really were not I missed that one. So BJ, you, yeah. you, uh, you found the timestamp. Good. Cause I was, I was fast forwarding through. So it, they changed the intros for different seasons, I guess. Like, sure. I, I don't know which season intro this was, but yeah, that's the, I, I think that was the first time that I saw an intake like that. And, and so like, it sort of, uh, I don't know, was a thing in my head. That would track if it was like late eighties, uh, early nineties. Yeah. So there's uh, one particular scene of this movie that I think informs the rest of the series more than any other scene. Go on. And I, I just want to go ahead and throw it at you guys and have you guys react. I think that the scene that most informs the rest of the franchise is the cookout scene. Okay. Because yeah. they focus so much on this becoming a tight family unit and they have God knows how many cookout scenes in the rest of this franchise, a million. And that is the one moment in the film where it felt like Paul Walker was being a part of it. And it looked very familiar. I mean, like, you know, Ferdinand Brewster's characters coming out there with the beers and he's like finishing up the, it looked like a real cookout, like how people are sort of like all over the place trying to like get the food on the table, et cetera. I feel like that that's the scene that if you look at the rest of the film, the films, 
they looked at that scene and said, okay, that's kind of the model we're going to create here going forward. I mean, it, there's a bunch of car stuff, right? That That's the whole, that's yeah. the, the motif, right? But this concept of the, it's a, it's a family and they're just kind of all lumped in a living room, just hanging out kind of deal. So, so there, there was a chunk of time going into the cookout scene that I knew was going to happen that felt wrong because for whatever reason, the feel of the cookout scene at the end of Gone in 60 Seconds is what I my brain had put in at the end of this movie, like as opposed to <laughs> the one that they actually had. And I, I think it's just the, the these two movies are paired in my head, uh, just sort of similar area era car movies, whatever uh, car action movies. You are raising a point that there were a lot of cookout scenes during films during this period, weren't there, actually? Thinking about it, like, a lot of films around this period, it was like there was a scene where someone had a cookout. Like, that was just yep. the way people met or talked. Like, that that was, to, I think, show how close people were. Like, they were just hanging out, doing, like, an everyday Sunday thing that, that like, other people can relate to. It also became, like, a, um, I'm not sure of the right word as a literary device, but, like, a thing in the Black community like the cookout was like a thing. Like it was the basis for a lot of stand-up comedy. It was the basis for a lot of um, like sitcoms yeah. and television shows. It was this concept of the the cookout in the black community became a thing in like the mid two thousands. And if you were invited, you were part of the family. Like you yeah, were that, treated that would, as family. Joke, and I feel yeah, like yeah. that that's we such a like touchstone reference. Yeah. He, he, we would invite him to the cookout. You heard that phrase a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think it transitioned to maybe late 2000s, like the barbershop, like that became the motif, like, but it was sim- similar vein there. What, what is it now? What is the, you're part of our circle kind of I mean, thing? I think the cookout never what, left. What, what, I don't see as many like cookout scenes in the films now. I agree, but I think that that as a concept of like, you get invited to it, the big family, like cookout is still, still a part, thing. It's a cultural touchstone, but what is the movie motif way of expressing that? What's the equivalent nowadays? Nothing, because Robert Putnam was right. We're all bowling alone. This is ridiculous. We have the decline of community being, being built in America. I'm, I, I'm not joking. There's a lot of. I, I think you're there's, right. There's a lot of breakdown of those sort of community bonding things with Sherry. I mean, you're, you're right that that is like the linchpin of a lot of these movies to sort of build this this, this idea of family. But a, but a cookout is such a great way of doing it, right? Because everyone comes over. Maybe you, you, people bring Everybody's some got stuff. A job. You're, you're you're cooking for stuff. You're, you're for people. You're providing for them. Like you're welcoming them to your home. It's a great way of of, of bonding, and it's a way to, to sort of wrap things around. It also is like cheap to make, cheap to 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 build a set for and film and that sort of thing. Or game nights point out D&D. that there's. I also should point out that there's so many. There's like less movies of a representation of just people in modern day, right? Like so many more movies now are like either fantasy superheroes mm-hmm. or historical pieces where you wouldn't be depicting something like, like there's not, a, there's not as many movies of like people set in the year 2023 doing things that people do. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not a lot of that. Um, I, will, I, 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 I agree with you that I think going, going to a place and meeting in a large group is a less common motif currently. And, and like, I, I was joking a little bit, but not a whole lot that, that like getting together for board games or D and D or something like that became, it is more modern. Uh, I feel like big bang theory was like, put that in people's consciousness of like, mm-hmm. that's a thing that you do and you get together on a particular night of the week and play a board game, play D and D play, whatever it is that, I mean, there are probably other things, but like, I, I think that it's shown up other places 
and so it seems more topical nowadays yeah i thought yeah. you were you were throwing out the dnd reference because of vin diesel vin diesel is sort of like a famous D, &D player. he is and yeah. and yeah. and a lot of he's a dungeon master. Do it, like that was another reason that i thought of it but like i think that is the a little bit more of the uh group thing to do that or like a trivia night or something like it it's it's a little bit like it's a less uh, just generally social activity and more of like a an activity people do together. And I think that's a very big change. Well, you'd you also could... say... Go ahead, Leva. I was going to say, it's also like, it matters very much the types of movies you're watching, right? Because like, I, I think you're right, Terry, that there's there, there there's less of that nowadays, but it, I don't know. I mean, like I'm not watching those movies, right? I'm not watching art house films um, or like serious dramas where these things may, may come up. Whereas like, to your point, like this is an action movie. This, this isn't, you know, this is not based on a French novel. Um, and and they still have that you know, sort of like scene of togetherness community be, be being built. Um, I mean, God only knows what you know what's what's happening with you know the, this sort of Oscar fair. Which, by the way, um, if you want to review the sort of Oscars uh, best picture nominations as well as the best best movie from the mm. MTV um, Movie Awards, this is a great year for it because <laughs> I'm just saying. Did, did they overlap? I'm saying MTV may have got them. All right, give it to us. Oscars, uh, we had A Beautiful Mind. Oh, this Gossip. year. Okay. I think you meant like the current year. And it's like, what's no. going on? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Gosford Park, In the Bedroom. Uh, of course, they had to get Fellowship of the Ring. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Moulin Rouge. Dope. Moulin Rouge sucked. There's an overlap here with, with NTD um, on Fellowship of the Ring. And then the remaining, here's where the, where the delta is. Uh, Black Hawk Down was nominated for, for Best Movie uh, by NTD. Good choice, MTV. Definitely better than the vast majority of the other movies, other than A Beautiful Mind. Better, better uh, than In the Bedroom. Uh, the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> Legally Blonde, and Shrek. I'm saying that, like, I think Disney I, or Disney. I think MTV has them. I think yep. those are better films. If yeah. you wanted to to drop any one of Black Hawk Down, Legally Blonde, or Shrek, um, and put in A Beautiful Mind, I think you got the winning category. Now, I love yep. Black Hawk Down. That's that's my movie, but I understand that I'm. That's a that's no, a quirk it, of me. I, I would right. say it, it's an incredibly well done film. That's a so, good film for sure. I'm gonna come out a little bit of left field. I, I feel like Shrek was the renaissance of like the modern renaissance of uh, animated film. Oh, Shrek is like even rewatching it. It's a great film. It's, it's really well done. Yeah, it's well crafted. No, but but Legally Blonde is fucking good. That's I, a yeah. good movie. I'm not saying like Rest in the Furious. I wouldn't put up there. <laughs> that it's weird that it's good, but like I think that it changed it how people consume animated movies. It it was it was appealing to I a agree. very different kind of focus. It wasn't trying to be Disney Renaissance. It was in many ways trying to take the piss out of Disney Renaissance and. It yeah. resonated with people. Wasn't that the first one where people were like, it was very in vogue to say, oh yeah, you could take your kids to it and there's something for adults yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. Like I think that, you know, it it was it it started the trend of everybody can enjoy this movie rather than we have a narrow target demographic. Eva, all those films that you just said, so all the ones for the Oscar bunch and the MTV bunch, is Black Hawk down your favorite of all those? Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. What about you, definitely. DJ? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. It, there is no in in good conscience. I can't put Shrek and Black Hawk down in the same sentence. But <laughs> for what reason? Go on. Please explain yourself. And there is a very very desired answer out of me. <laughs> there, 
they're so so different ends of genres that that like choosing between them is very hard for me i like as he wants to say shrek but he can't say it he does he does i know yeah that's okay. Look, I mean, not everyone has to love Black Hawk Down like I do. Well, I, I love, Spencer, I love Black Hawk Down. Well, well, Black Hawk Down has probably my favorite soundtrack, maybe ooh, of all time. It's a great soundtrack. It yeah, is a good I, soundtrack. I'm, I'm, I'm going Fellowship of the Ring, though. Same. I mean, yeah. For, of course you are. Little, you you like Lord bad books, trilogy? and you like bad bad movies. I mean, it's bad, only the greatest story ever told. as the day is long. You are. So there aren't many movies where the where the movie is leagues better than the book. And shut up. Just shut this up. This is one of them. No, it I'm isn't. glad it, you enjoyed the film. That's silliness. Let's all right. So anything else <laughs> you want to say about the Fast and the Furious 2001 uh, introducing a genre or not a genre, it, it wasn't introducing a genre, but introducing a franchise that would go on to make billions. It's fascinating to me that something that as far as I can tell didn't like I don't know whether it did well in the box office, Spencer. I'm sure you looked this up. It, it is not well rated. It is. It was not well received, and it it has continued on, um, yeah. and it is fascinating. It, it, uh, it, budget of thirty eight million. It made two hundred and seven million of the box. Jesus. Well, that means Spencer. Does that mean why. it? Does that yeah. mean it lost money? Spencer likes to. Yeah. Tell so, you so, so you have to look. Yes. You have to Hollywood look at accounting. Hollywood accounting. So <laughs> so let's get the Hollywood accounting out of the way. Uh, uh, even under Hollywood accounting, this one probably made money unless the actors negotiated for a percentage of the gross, in which case it lost a, for- a percentage of the profits, in which case it lost a fortune. Okay, Spencer. So, th- like, they didn't have any stars here. Uh, and and so, like, there's no way that happened. The, the thing that I find really funny is we chose a fascinating time to rewatch this because we are right in the era of uh, seeing the fashion choices come back around. <laughs> from from this movie and this clearly wasn't done on purpose uh i like had you like i guess i could have pulled it up but uh the outfits are so of a time of, of a time it no longer tickled me to well sort of no longer but the the chunky slides are back bigger boots are back uh midriff t-shirts uh on on women are is back like a mm-hmm. lot of the fashion choices from this era and and leaned into so hard in this movie are back. This is true. How do you I, know that? <laughs> I I'm around how undergrads all the time. How many preteens are you staring at? Is, he is has the most exposure to the young. I'm around late teens. So from your job, you're, from your time. job, yeah. you're around them. Okay, all right. Because yeah. it's not like you wouldn't take that type of media, right? So it has no. to be, yeah. I, I see people on campus and in my building dressed like this, and it surprises me. Yeah, one of the points you made, BJ, I would 100% agree, is that watching this film then, watching it now, I am amazed that this started its own franchise. It's like, it's yeah, fine, it's functional, it made money, but the fact that this has now created an 11-film soap opera superhero kind of series, wouldn't have seen that coming. And I think that's like a from my understanding is that's a lot of Vin Diesel's like it in real life force of personality. Like he continued to push for the franchise to get them to be like continue to be made to continue to onboard producers that would pour the money in it appropriately to scale up the movies. Like he's been a real big part of making this like an ongoing thing. One of the questions on that, Levi, maybe Levi and Lee know this, but um, Vin Diesel isn't in the second one, right? Too Fast, Too Furious? It's like, it's like the second or third one, like only like Paul Walker's in it, right? 
Should have thought I thought he was in every one. I think Levi's uh, checking this now. Let me check because I, I Tokyo Drift things get weird. Um, <laughs> So the other thing that I find really interesting, and I guess it's unsurprising, like the, these people were stars, but gone in 60 seconds, the budget was 100 million and made 237. This and was a very mid-range budget. It, and, and didn't have particular stars. Like, and mm-hmm. so I think that that might be one of the reasons that it was a, like, we can just put people in. It's a formula that works. It, it literally does not matter who you have in the movie. Yeah, it's but they work. haven't. But yeah, but they haven't. They haven't gone by that, right? Like what you're saying is not how they've made those movies because they brought in The Sense. Rock and like John Cena and like Eventually. Tyrese. Like, yeah, but I'm saying like that 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 is not the model they use to make those films going forward. They actually Who changed in- that model considerably and started to just big tenant with like any big Hollywood name they could get, and that's who they put in the films. Um, yeah. Here's a fun little bit of trivia. So I'm just now reading the production notes. Um, Mia, uh, Vin Diesel's sister. Yeah. Uh, Brewster beat out Elijah Dushku, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jessica Biel, Kristen Dunst, and Natalie Portman for the role. I'm betting that there was a money issue. I am glad they did. I'm glad they did not cast Natalie Portman because she would have thought she's too good for that franchise and she would have sold it out on every fucking talk show she was ever on again. Yeah. Like she does she, in every franchise. She's so in. would not have made it out of the second film. This okay. So Too Fast, Shit, Too no. Furious. So Tyrese Gibson, Devin Aoki, Cole Hauser, Eva Mendez, Ludacris. Yeah. Ludacris is in it. Like they, they're bringing in stars. What? So a lot, so, a lot well, of those guys have stayed with the series since, right? So we had the first movie, the second movie, and I, I just looked up to confirm because I, di- I didn't know if there was like a, a late second cameo of Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel was not in Too Fast and Furious. That was a Paul Walker joint with Tyrese. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, Vin, uh, Vin Diesel came back. Paul Walker dropped out for Tokyo Drift. And then they all came back with the reset, which, which is Fast and Furious, not the Fast right, and Furious. In, in four. Um, yeah, four. They sort of reset things, no. and, and and then they Jesus. sort of stayed on a path where they yeah. So, so and then Paul Walker died in the fifth one. Well, it's really four um, then that kind of created the franchise. Yeah. So Michelle Rodriguez, Jordan Brewster, for some reason Gal Gadot is here, uh, and and <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. She, she knows for how to make some money. reason. <laughs> She yeah, seems so it's like odd, odd men out. But it, but I think that the first been... three are just kind of fiddling around, and it's the fourth one. Now they got a franchise. Yeah, and they start bringing in real big names and paying actors big money for it, and the the production budget goes fucking huge, and they they fundamentally change the way they make the movies. Oh, I guess Gal Gadot is generally in these. I did not realize that she is a a mainstay of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh, you thought it was like a bingo, bingo. Here's the deal: like they they to Terry's point, they sort of introduce characters and they have them sort of just stay yeah. with the franchise. They just sort of onboard people, like like it's a Marvel movie. What, yeah, what like like Dwayne Johnson. Is like, it like 45 people? I know The Rock got in a like physical fight with Vin Diesel on one of the 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 um the movie sketch. And they couldn't be on the same they, w- they wouldn't speak yeah. to each other, they wouldn't be like and they, they and Vince Vince uh, Vin Diesel is such a big part of this franchise, is my understanding, is that he's like a part of like writing it and like planning where it will go. And the rock would not be in any scene where his character lost a fight in the movie. And Vin was like, what the fuck? Like you're, the, the ego's out of control. Anyway, The Rock claimed he was never going to be in the film ever again. He walked away from the movie franchise until this last year when the XFL lost $60 million and The Rock is not selling very much tequila anymore. 
And about two weeks ago on Twitter, he said, uh, you know what? He's back. He's going to, he's back. Him and Vin have dropped the beef and he will be in all the movies going forward. Oh, Bow Wow, T-Pain. Oh my God. The, this is. Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the who's who of. Uh, and now uh, let me tell you, as a WWE fan, I can confirm that Ronda Rousey cannot act. <laughs> <laughs> that is officially confirmed. She sucks. Oh, the. Uh, so 2017, we have Tormund's uh, in it. Tormund, yeah, that's really funny. It's 100 percent of who's in the Zeitgeist. Yeah, they just grab. So yeah, it's it's not like grab. It's not like we have this wonderful template and we can get no name actors. They just get the the very famous people and stick them. Yeah. In. So yeah, you're right. After five, Cardi B is in nine. Bow Wow, <laughs> Bad Bunny. Look at my, oh Bad my Bunny's god, the fucking best. He that's really that's great. Bad Bunny's the best. Looking at the returns, they're starting to have a little bit of a negative return issue, though, in terms of their box office. Of what it looks like, okay, Spencer. What they got hell. They got Helen Mirren for nine. Come on now. Well, it's, it's one of the things where like, it it peaked in, in Furious Seven, where the damn thing made over one point five billion dollars on a two hundred million dollar budget, and now the most recent one it cost three hundred and forty million, and it's made six sixty. Yeah, oh, but like you could, that's not an apples to apples post COVID because it's just, the, there's not as many screens what? going and not as many people go. And they actually make the films for later franchise well, rights. Uh, okay. How about this then? Pre COVID, next film after Furious 7 made 1.2 billion. Next film after that made 760 million. There is a declining return despite putting more money in them. Oof. They must have put Ronda Rousey on that one. Uh, I mean, also, you know, I'm sure like, you know, where, what the box office is compared to streaming and everything else. Like I, I get it, but, um, but yeah, no, this is, this is hilarious to me. Did they now have Pete Davidson and Brie Larson and fast X? Like I, I, I like that. And this and is John Cena RIP. He died in that film. That's, that's depressing. Uh, this feels like, so there are a lot of uh, TV shows in the nineties that had a lot of up and coming actors go through them. Uh, one of the funniest for me was Star Trek, where you'd have a lot of recognizable weeks. people. In it. Yeah, a lot of like people that were there for like an episode or two that were super recognizable uh, that maybe not got their start, but like that was a stepping stone in their career. It's so to see certain shows like that. Like if you guys ever come back and watch Band of Brothers, almost every single bit member of the 101st Airborne in that film later became a recognizable star at some points. Like. Oh, hi, jo- hi, Fassbender. Didn't expect to see you for a one-second cameo. That is what I was going to bring up, was that uh, the, the main reflection, just doing research on a variety of things, is like, where the hell are the ensemble young male going off to war movie of, of, of the modern times, right? We had Black Hawk Down, we had Saving Private Ryan, sure. we had these movies with tons and tons and tons of young actors, and it is fascinating to see the, see the sort of like cast there and be like, Jesus Christ, they got heavy hitters here. Like we got like five or six people who are going to call in to have like major success um, and, and and seeing where are they now, like in retrospect is always fascinating. Whereas I don't, I mean, I like action movies, but I don't see like the big ensemble. Let's, let's put 15 people uh, together sort of movies. I think it's the other thing more in television shows. Yep. Yeah. I, I um, shows, but I also think it's superhero movies too. And yeah. also you have a lot of uh, people that stay in the business in younger roles longer. That and absolutely so is true. Brad Pitt is still like in the zeitgeist and that's kind of wild, like in the history of movies and, and media that, that he is occupying basically the same niche for 20 years. 
when was Thelma and Louise? Because that was like his first, like, you know, foray into that. That was one of his first films and his first foray in that niche of that role. It's that must have been, what, 30 years, years ago now? Thelma, um, 1991, so more than 30 years. Okay, I think it's about time to wrap up. Can we go around and give two grades? One to the movie, The Fast and the Furious, and two for your dinner tonight from lovely McDonald's. Um, I'll start with Levi. Grades. Uh with McDonald's, I'd have to give it a a, a B plus A minus. Um, there is fast food that I enjoy more than 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 McDonald's, but you know, to your point, Terry, like it, this is unobjectionably like good food, right? May not be exactly your taste. Like I, you know, the chicken nuggets. I love spicy chicken nuggets from from Wendy's. Um, that's just the thing that I like. But these are these are very quality. Um, so B plus A minus for that. Fast and the Furious, uh, the Fast and the Furious. Um, I give it an A minus. I, I, I really enjoy it, um, but I'm a sucker for action movies. BJ, uh, I feel like uh, for for the movie, this was uh, B minus C plus. Like I'm not unhappy that I watched it. It was slow in parts. It's not something I I go back to again, but it was still generally a fun movie uh, that did show its age. McDonald's was all over the place for me. Um, <laughs> It, it ranged from a D to uh, B plus A minus. B plus A minus, like the the burger was. It's a good burger. Like which burger? I, they they just plain cheeseburger, you meant? Yeah, that that that's where it is. I mean, that's that's where the meat and potatoes of of their what they are uh, is the. And to your point, the fish fillet is a sleeper. That that is high up there. Good tartar sauce. I will say the fries that I had were some of the worst fries that I've had in a really long time. And I'm pretty mm. sure that's just, gotta just be my franchise. Like I've had good French fries at McDonald's before. Um, so it was a miss, but like, that's their fault. Not, not, not McDonald's as a whole. So, um, and the Big Mac was a miss for me. Like it, it just, it wasn't there. Uh, but, but you, your, your choice of ordering it is definitely the way to go. Uh, I would recommend that nobody get the Grimace shake. Uh, it tastes it tastes like sad purple. Could have called um, that one. It, you it's say just sad, sad purple. purple. Yeah, yes, it's sad purple. Yes, he did. Uh, uh, as a beat. Okay. No, no, no. So okay. So so what purple, is the happy flavor now? The, so there there are purple flavored things. They they sometimes are ostensibly grape or or whatever, but they don't taste like grapes. They don't they don't taste anything related to grapes it's it's purple flavor it's like things are blue flavored grape no it but the the fake grape sure uh, that's what i mean yeah like so the jolly rancher grape yeah it's, mm. so it's more like that but a bad version of it Ooh, and a, and a shake i'm not sure it, I want yeah that flavor it, it, it kind of tastes like that's rough grape flavored sprinkles spencer what do you grade the movie what do you grade mcdonald's um movie i'd give a c and i don't mean that as the criticism i think it's perfectly functional oh, that's high it, for spencer let me let me be a character witness uh, i mean it, the things it does wrong are things that do annoy me of where i find the acting and the acting most of the dialogue and a lot of the like delivery and direction kind of lackluster but for like the things it was marketed as as being a car movie an action movie a stunt movie those are things i think it actually does fairly well even if they're not as much part of the film as i remember i forgot how well, like you said, this is a very much family relationship focused film, almost stubbornly so, in a way that surprised me because I, I blocked out those elements about it. But that's really where it's more grounded and focused on, whereas the action scenes are very much 
additional kind of moments that they only will get to once we have a better understanding of the of the relationships between the characters. Uh, for McDonald's, it ranged a lot. Uh, I think I, in the end, I don't feel great that may be affecting my view a little bit right now. Um, but I will give it probably a C plus on the whole. I actually put the, the cheeseburger the lowest for me because it was just way too much bread compared to everything else that was there. The onions are great. They're a nice addition. But it's just a lot of bread for not much in between them. Fish sandwich, I, I'm with you, though. I was surprised. The fish is fine, whatever else. But that tartar sauce kicks ass. Big Mac was what I expected it to be. It was solid enough. BJ, what you said, though, those fries, utterly disappointing. But the fries in mine didn't help. I didn't eat them fast enough, so they started to get cold. But mine were limp and kind of soggy in the container. So Yeah, I mean, like, so I put my order in, and I was told, go up a little bit and wait because i i got extra stuff here guys i, I didn't get just get, i got a lot of stuff uh mm-hmm. and and anytime they tell me that i know i'm going to get good fries because that's when you're wait they, that's when they're going to take a break fresh fries. For you. yeah and for mcdonald's it's like it's a night and day thing like if it's fresh out of the the fryer it's like a fresh but like they are probably like some of the better french fries that i can find anywhere even like sit down restaurants but if they start to get cold they they really do drop off a cliff really fast uh, I give McDonald's the same grade as I do the movie, uh, which is an A minus. It's like, what amazes me about McDonald's is that like, no matter where you go, there's a fucking McDonald's on the side of the, the on a corner that like is within minutes from you that you can get the same tasting shit that's readily available all the time at this extremely cheap price. It's just like the mechanics of that, the operations of that constantly impress me. And I can draw a parallel to the fast movies because you can always go back to the fast movies. They always are of the same quality. They produce one every couple of years. They, you, you can always sit back in the theater, roll your eyes in the back of your head and just unplug for a while and watch people race cars around skyscrapers and all kinds of crazy shit. So they're, they're, it's actually like that. A, it's a brilliant premise for this podcast because it's just fun to like watch these silly movies and eat fast food. But also like there is a connection for me in a weird way to like, Oh, this is like a mass produced commodity that's always available, that always has this base level of quality that I can always enjoy. I will say that the cost of certain things at McDonald's surprised me. Yeah, I'm so, curious about that. Does everyone have their receipts? Uh, well, but the other wild thing is I got three sandwiches delivered and it was cheaper to do that than the Grimace birthday meal going to pick it up. Specialty item. It was $18 for, yeah. For, for the Grimace birthday meal? Was that I, just the shake effect? There's something else yeah. going on there. That is, that, that's, that's not $18. It it's is, almost my entire bill. Yeah. It, like, I have no idea what it was. There. It was like, this is wild. And it would have been $30 had I had it delivered. And I was just like, this is complete insanity. I have no idea what's going on. The sandwiches were cheaper to get them delivered. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think the cost has gone up in recent years, like everything, but yeah. like generally you can get like really good tasting food for like less than five bucks for a meal. And like, it's every fucking where, and it's always available. And it's just this base level of quality, which I think is like always really impressed me about fast food and fascinated me that they're able to cr- produce it on this scale at this quality at this price. So Spencer, how much was yours? Uh, I got mine might be a little bit effective because I got a large for the Big Mac uh, meal, but total for me for the large Big Mac meal, fish fillet, cheeseburger, four nuggets was 2018. The Grimace birthday meal is supposed to be $10. It absolutely was not. (laughs) You got jacked. It says it's supposed to be 10 bucks and it includes what? A Big Mac, 
It was a break, Bear, Big Mac or 10 piece chicken nugget. Berry, berry flavored shake. shake. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is saying it's supposed to be $10. Oh, here you go. Yahoo has a article four days old. Why is the McDonald's Grimace meal so expensive? Here's what you can buy instead. Well, uh, poor life choices. What can I say? Uh, would be in a Yahoo newswriter uh, who asked for that story. <laughs> I would. Are you kidding me? If you pay me to fucking write articles about fast food, I quit my job tomorrow. There's a, there's a lot of articles where it's like they just pay a journalist to go try every single menu item at Fuck a particular yeah. fast food place and just rank them and review each each yes. item. Your job in the future, sir? I, w- I, I volunteer as tribute. I think I would be good at that. I think, I would, I think you'd be I would trust your reviews. Yeah. Um, I just also would, would call it, you probably aren't going to be putting a lot of money towards that 401k. Um, yeah, that, probably that, isn't that job, a very so. high paying job. Maybe it's a retirement gig. Maybe it's like first retirement. Do it for the love. Do it for the love of the game. <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Do, All right. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Do it for the, the local paper. Uh, anything no, else? I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm presuming we're doing Too Fast, Too Furious next if we're going through all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be very curious to see your opinions about what we're going to pair that fast food with. I already have an, an idea. If you, guys, if you guys will let me let me do the fast food, I, I would love to, I'd love to give you an option here. Please tell us. Um, so for the next one, I think we should do Burger King. Because Burger King was really the national response to McDonald's and is basically the 1B if you're talking about like fast yeah. food joints in America. So my question to ponder for you is when are we doing Taco Bell? I'll have to think about that. It probably won't be racial the way that you were suggesting we do <laughs> Panda Express for the Tokyo Drift. Um, I, I don't know. We'll have to think about it. It probably will be Taco Bell will probably be like a Hobbs and Shaw type thing where it's like a little bit away from the main series, but still kind of connected. Do we also um, get Pizza Hut associated with it? We'll have to discuss that. I think Pizza okay. Hut does probably count in a lot of places as fast food. So I, I don't know. I think I think well, we're going to start running out of fast food places. Is, isn't Taco Bell, uh, Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut like the same building? Yum food. Yum foods. Yum foods. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yeah. But I think we get, I think I think Burger King next is probably a safe choice, and I will uh, I will also think of a little bit and, and send out a menu item. All right, thanks uh, for doing this podcast, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be back with you next time with the second Fast and Furious movie and a review of Burger King.